Happy New Year. This is Pastor Ricky Temple. Glad to have you with us on our on-demand New Year celebration. I am so glad that we have this opportunity for you to just dial in and listen to the word you missed. On-demand is amazing. The numbers of people, thousands who go on-demand are a blessing to us. And so today's message is about your future, the truth about your future. The whole theme for the coming year is about the truth. What is the truth you're running from? We're going to look at all that in many different angles, truth about your money, truth about your family, truth about your children, truth about you. And we are really excited about this series. So let's talk about the truth about your future today on demand for you. The word of God in your hand. Stay right there. I'll come back at the end. I promise I'm going to pray for you. So stay right there. Well, God bless you. I pray you've enjoyed our New Year's Eve service. I really believe that it's wonderful to come to the end and be able to say it's finished and start all over again. I love that word that Jesus gave at the end of his life. He said, it is finished. I believe that finishing makes you feel better. There's nothing like cleaning up. There's nothing like getting to the end of a road and saying, I've arrived at my destination. And I believe this year we have worked through a lot. We worked through a lot in the last couple of years. It's been a challenging season for all of us. But I want to share, if you um, have not thought about your future, I want to share something that might help you with your future. Joshua chapter one is a chapter that I've always loved. And it, it, it's a moment where Joshua runs into a truth. And the, the truth is you have to decide what kind of guy you're gonna be. You have to decide what you want out of your life. No one can decide for you. You have to decide whether you're gonna be weak or strong, courageous or fearful, it's up to you. Whether you're gonna live your life apologizing, overthinking things, or are you gonna plow through and get, get it done? There's something powerful about the advice God gives Joshua in chapter one that really can lift your heart and mind. So I wanna pray for you. And then we're gonna take this journey together just for a few minutes. And then hopefully in these few minutes, you're gonna think about not only what God has done, like we talked about earlier in our services here, all the people we've touched, the thousands of lives we've touched, the people that we've been able to engage both through charity and through our own ministries and outreaches. But I want you to think about where you're going. And if you're a pastor of a church, I want you to think about where's your church going? If you're a father or a mother, where's your, where's your life going? If you're starting in a business, where are you going? This is about the future, the truth about your future. And there's some things you have to do if you really want your future to come to pass, the one you dream of. Let's pray. Father, let this be a moment of thought, prayer, meditation, reflection. Let us begin to back up our trains a little bit and see where we are and tell the truth. The temptation for us is to lie the truth about, about our future. If, if I looked at our future, what, what, what honestly do I see happening? I pray this time of talking and praying and studying your word will bring life to us in Jesus' name, amen. Joshua chapter one stands out to me because of the message. The message is pretty simple. This is a new time, a time in his life where things were never gonna be the same. And there were some things that he told Joshua you have to do in order for your life to be better. Because now Moses was dead in Joshua chapter one, verse one and two, he said, hey, it's over. Moses, just, Moses, my servant is gone now. And it's, it's a new season for you to find a new path. And he starts to lay out for Joshua specific things that he needs to do. And so I want you to look at Joshua chapter one, look, at verse, look with me at this text and watch and see what he says in verse six. He says, be strong and courageous because you will lead these people to inherit the land I swore to their forefathers to give them. Be strong, verse seven says, and very courageous. Be careful to obey all the law my servant Moses gave you. Do not turn from it to the right hand or to the left, 
Why? That you may be successful wherever you go. Verse 8, do not let the book of the law depart from your mouth. Meditate on it day and night so that you may be careful to do everything written in it. Then you will be prosperous and successful. Last verse, verse 9, have I not commanded you? Here he says it again, be strong and courageous. Do not be terrified. Do not be discouraged. For the Lord your God will be with you wherever wherever you go. There are three important decisions you must consider if you want to go forward. And these are three things he says to Joshua. Three important attitudes you have to have. And one is the attitude that I, I, I'm just, I've decided to be strong. I've decided that I'm not going to live a fearful life or a timid life or a paranoid life. I'm going to be, live a strong life. There's something about being committed to strength and saying, you know, the, the, the weak way to live is this way. The strong way to live is that way. So he says, Joshua, decide. And I want you to be clear. This is a decision you make. Every year you make this decision. Now, during this time of year, we make all these promises. Oh, God, I'm going to be this. And, oh, God, I'm going to do that. And oh, God, I'm going to. And we make, we lie to ourselves and we're not being honest. This sermon is about the truth about your future. This is the moment when you take a moment and you step back and say, okay, if I live the way I have lived, next year, if I live that way next year, the way I've lived this past year, where will I be? Well, some people are living in denial. Some people are not being honest. They're not, they're not courageously confronting the things we face. They're not facing, uh, if you're watching this, this is during the season of the COVID-19 pandemic. Uh, and it's all over the world. And the numbers have gone up and down, and up and down. And in some parts of the world right now, it's up. And it's up substantially. In some parts of the world, it's down. But what's interesting is you have to courageously look at that and say, this is what we're facing. And we have to be courageous about it, whether it means to wear a mask, whether it means to get vaccinated, whatever it means I have to do, I have to do. I have to separate myself, whatever it is. Being courageous is about facing the truth, facing the truth about our politics, facing the truth about our attitudes, facing the truth about where we're going. Joshua, if you want to make it in this new world, if you want a future, you have to face the truth. And if you can't face the truth, then you're not going to do well. And I think I'm concerned for churches. I'm concerned about pastors. I'm concerned about us. That a lot of things we're doing, um, we are ignoring the truth. And that's why I think it's so important in the coming year to talk about that. I want to talk about the truth. What truth are you running from? That's the theme for next year, the, the question of the year. I answer one question a year. What truth are you running from? Joshua, he sits him down and says, okay, listen, Moses is dead. That's the truth. You've got to decide now to be strong and you've got to decide to be courageous. And to be courageous means you do what's not easy. You make hard decisions, bold decisions, friendship decisions, health decisions, money decisions, hard decisions. I made some courageous decisions. I'm really proud. I'm going to clean out this mess. I got stuff in here in my garage. I talked about that months ago. You heard me talk about it. And I, I did it. I have papers that need to be shredded. I got all that stuff shredded out of my house. And I, I, I sat in a closet the other night. I said, this closet. God, you know, you know, you put stuff here, you put stuff there. I said, I'm not going to bed before I get this right. And there have been moments when I've been having to face the truth, the truth about Ricky. Am I disciplined? Am I committed? Am I, am I on top of the game? If, if I'm not, I got to tell the truth, which brings me to the second thing I've got to do. You ready? And these are, these are things you have to do if you want to have a truth, if you want to have a great future. Number one, you've got to confront the fact that you've got to be strong and courageous. Number two, you've got to get your priorities right. Nothing changes without prioritizing. Nothing. And I think for some of us, that's the problem. So I want you to, here, here they are. I'm going to put them on the screen for you. 
Number one, decide to be strong and courageous. That's the, import, that's, that's the decision you've got to make. There are three important decisions, and that's the first one. You've got to decide. I decide to be strong and courageous. Number two, I've got to decide to prioritize God's word. My priorities have to be right. What rule book do I live by? What is the standard that I follow? What is, what is my guidebook? In my life, he says, let not, do not, verse seven, do not, um, I'm sorry, verse eight there, do not let the book of the law depart from your mouth. In other words, I'm not going to let my mind get away from the word. Now, here's what I think is so interesting when, when, I, when I read this kind of verse. People think that means you go around quoting a bunch of verses to other people. No, 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 no. Look what he says. Do not let the book of the law depart from your mouth. From your mouth. You. It's not about me telling anybody or preaching to anybody. It's about me living what I know. It's operating in, in, the, in, the, in the land that he, he gave me. And something about saying, man, I can't, I can't let that happen to me. I can't let myself become this person who ignores what I know God said. Now, in my opinion, boy, the truth, there's a lot of ignoring God's word. Some of you are praying for God's blessing, but you are so far and when it comes to God's way of living, that's what we're talking about. You know, when it comes to sex, you throw that out the window. When it comes to your attitude or cussing or lying or whatever, I don't know, I don't want to list your issues, but there are things you know that's not the way the word of God would have me live, but that's not a priority. A priority is to do it your way. And I'm not just picking on sex or picking on just you know, bad words or I don't want to just make it sound like those are the two biggest things in the world because it's not. It's jealousy, it's anger, it's malice, it's hatred. It's the way you teach your husband, your children. It's the way you talk to your boss. It's a host of things. And if you look at your life and you say, I want a future, well, the truth about your future is it's never going to be what it needs to be as long as you are a person who doesn't decide to be strong. As long as you wallow and lay and, well, life is bad and all, everything is just bad all the time and you just accept that, you're not willing to get up and do something about it. You look at your weight, you don't like it, but you say, ah, I'm just, I know it's getting out of hand. We got to keep trying. We got to work at it. We got to try. When's the last time you walked? When's the last time you got up and did anything? It's, it's one thing to talk about it. It's another thing to be strong and courageous and do something about it. Look at your house. Look around you. This is a mess. I need to change this. You need to say, I need to prioritize God's word in my life, and God's word says I shouldn't be living like this. Be strong, courageous, number one. Number two, prior, get your priorities right and make the word of God. That's my manual for my life. That's my manual. Make that the priority. What does it say I should do? How does it say I should respond to my boss? How does it say, just because you don't like a person who's in political office, should you act this way? I am, I am amazed that Christians believe they can act this way politically and be so biased and so hostile and think that's okay. That's not okay. If you prioritize God's words, you don't find that support for that kind of behavior where some of us are just way off the cliff, both left and right, by the way. I think we have to respect leadership, whether we agree or disagree. I didn't say you have to support them or vote for them. I didn't say you can't speak truth to power. What I said was there's a way you do everything. And a lot of what we've seen, if we're telling the truth, has been pretty ugly lately. And I hope going into the next year, we consider changing that. So here, here we go, number one. If you want to know what you've got to do, the truth about your future, number one, you've got to decide to be strong, be courageous. Number two, you've got to decide to get your priorities right. 
put the word of God at the top. And then thirdly, you got to decide to trust God's presence in your life. Here's what he said. It's interesting in verse, um, verse 9. He said, Have I not commanded you to be strong, courageous? Do not be afraid. Do not be discouraged. For the Lord your God will be with you wherever you go. Wherever you go. And there's something about being able to say, I believe that. He's present with me. Decide to believe that he's here. Even though I don't feel his presence, even though I can't identify where he is, I know he's here. In the midst of my greatest frustrations, in the midst of times when I cannot understand, I've decided I don't see you. I don't know where you are. I don't feel in your presence. I, but Lord, I make you the priority. I, I put your way, your word in front of my life and say, this is how I'm going to respond to my life. And then I say, Father, I'm going to be strong in, the, in this moment. In this moment of darkness and confusion and death and loss, I'm going to be strong. Nothing new about this, by the way, just for the record. You know, we've had years in Christian history of, of, of persecution, challenges, and difficulties that were way worse than this. This is not the worst it's been for Christians. This is not the worst it's been for the world. More people have died. Tragedies. You never lived through a war, many of you. You've never had people bombing your house. You never had to lose everything. You never had, you never been put into slavery and carried away like Israel was for years. I mean, 78 years. You know, you've never had that. 300 years of slavery, 400 in some cases. You've never had that kind of bondage. You have your story, and I, I think your story is a good story. One that should be respected. But there's a problem when you think that somehow your story is the only story. Here's a man, and God looks at him and says, okay, Joshua. You have a painful story. You lost your Moses. You have a painful story. You spent 40 years in the wilderness. You have a painful story. You were born in slavery. You have a painful story. But God is able to get you to the next place if you are willing to tell the truth about your future. And that's something that he's not going to force you to do. You have to decide to do that. I want to put a statement on, on the screen. I want you to listen to this. To me, our future seems bright. We have new opportunities to expand and reach uh, an entirely new audience of people. Advancement in this new world will require courageous people who strongly lead with clear and ambitious goals. I believe we're in a time when everything can be different, but we need people who have ambition, who want to be different. This conversation he's having with Joshua is, is one about ambition. How much do you want? And if you can look at it and become ambitious, can you, watch this now, can you clearly, once you say, okay, I, yeah, I do, Pastor Rick, I want, I, I want a better future, I, you're right. Can you articulate exactly what that means? Because one, it's one thing to say, I want a future. I want, a, I want a future. Well, define that. There's this great question people used to ask you when you were a kid. They used to say, so what do you want to become when you grow up? What's your, what's your dream? Now, when you get to be 63, they stop asking you that question. When you get to be 40, 30, they stop asking. Basically, they only reserve that for younger children. But I believe all of your life, Joshua's in his 60s now. And in his 60s, he's challenging him to dream of a new future. In his 60s, how do we know that? Well, here's why. He was 40 years in the wilderness, so we know he's not 40, right? He wandered for 40 years. And he had to be, he was, he was in the people that were, that, that were not cut because there were only two people above 20 that were allowed to go into promised land, and that was Joshua and Caleb. So he had to be at least 60 plus. So you're reading a story about a man who's 60 plus, and he's saying to him, dream. 
Be strong. Be courageous. Not go sit in a rocking chair and wait to die. That's not what he told him. I want to know what you want out of your life. And I want you to put the word of God first. So I wrote down what I want to be. I did. And I think I want to challenge you to do this. This is homework for you. I want you to sit down and I want you to write down, here is what I want to be when I grow up. Here's what I want to become. You ready? It's important now. I want you to write this down and, and, and this coming year. Now, some of you call this a New Year's resolution. That's more than that. It's not a New Year's resolution. I'm talking about what I want to be as I grow up. From here to wherever there is, I want to become this. Here's what I wrote down. You ready? And this is my honest, sincere dream. Ready? Watch this on the screen. I want to be physically healthy, a physically healthy pastor that loves life, lives financially free, emotionally balanced, sexually pure, and spends the rest of my life teaching others how to last. That's what I want to be. You say, oh, boy, there's a whole lot in that, Pastor Rick. You say, sexually pure. Wow. Physically healthy. Yeah. Right, right. All that. I didn't just say I want to be a prayer warrior. I didn't just say I want to be saved. I didn't just say I want to win people to Christ. I didn't just say I want to go to church. I didn't say, I didn't say that. Let's assume all that's nice and true. The question I asked you was, what do you want to be? That's what Ricky wants to be. That's my name, you know. Not just Pastor Ricky. It's Ricky. Ricky wants to be physically and healthy. I don't want to give all my money to the doctors. I, I have great doctors, by the way. But I don't want, I don't want to give, I, I tell people, don't just save for retirement. Stay healthy. That's a good way of saving for your future, too. That way you don't have to give all your money away if you're healthy. Don't eat everything you want, even though it's all good stuff to eat. I know. I love to eat, too. Okay? But there's something about saying, I want to be physically healthy. I want to be financially free. I don't want to be tied down to, to financial bondage. I don't want that for my life. I don't, I don't like that. I want to be emotionally balanced, which means I'm not all over the place. And in this job I'm in, you could be all over the place because this person's got a problem, that person's got a problem. This person died, this person's dying. This person, and there's this long list of issues. And I'm, I'm, not, I'm saying all that can be unhealthy if you're not careful. In my doctoral research, part of the reason why I picked the topic burnout is because that's exactly what happens. Christina Maslick, a lover work in the book, The Cost of Caring, said this. There are three reasons people burn out. Number one is exhaustion. They're just tired. I think some people stop going to church just to get a break, just to rest. They're tired, especially the faithful volunteer people. Then he, she says, not only is, is exhaustion a sign of, of burnout, but when people feel depersonalized, they feel isolated. They pull away. They, they, they can't handle being around people. And thirdly, and I mentioned this the other day in the sermon, thirdly, she says, when you feel like you fail because you never finish. Nothing's ever done. You combine all three, you got burnout. And generally it happens when you're interacting with people. So when you're interacting with people, you're always pushed to do this and pushed to do that. You got to be here. You got to be there. No, no wonder. Some of you, 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 you know, even your family schedule is evil. You never stop. And you think God is somehow glorified by that? I don't think so. I think that's a cultural preference. And, it, and, and, and here's, here's a challenge. You're not being strong and courageous and confronting it and saying, this is not going to lead me to the right future. This is not going to lead us to the right future. I, I personally think the way we've structured church is designed to just exhaust people. 
It's always, the pastor is the lead exhausted person. He's the one who's the most tired. I've preached for 40 years. That's a cool thing. And I love my job. I love God. I love the church. I love all this stuff. But I'm telling you, with success, if you're not careful, you burn yourself out. We were doing, at one point, seven services a week. Two, one Wednesday, one Thursday, in two locations. And then we were doing four on the weekend. That's the peak. I mean, it was incredible. 28 times. And then that's not including special meetings and, and five or six big events a year. Plus, 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 plus. This season, when we pulled on the side of the road, here's one of the great lessons I've learned. How tired I was. And how tired, not only, we, we were. It took 400 volunteers in our church to do 500 jobs. We had 500 openings. That's right, 500. I'm not making this up. And so, you know, and a friend of mine in another church larger than ours told me they had 1,200 volunteers. No, 1,200, 1,200, <laughs> they needed 1,200 people to pull off their big events. They had 6,500 volunteers. That's what a friend who just shared with me the other day. I thought, wow, how sustainable is all of this? Am I saying you're saying you shouldn't do big things? No, be courageous, do big things. But here's what you do. Make sure you're balanced. I don't believe in balance. I think life's just, listen, that's the problem. There has to be a moment where you Sabbath, where you learn to stop and not feel guilty. I went through that for a long time. You feel like you got to be going. You've got to be running. And you're running yourself into an emotional hole. But if you're willing to be strong, if you're willing to be courageous, and understand that you cannot mentally and emotionally function if you're weak. And I think we are weaker than I thought. One of the great lessons in the last couple of years, we're not as strong as I thought we were. I thought after all the sermons, all of this stuff, and all of it, I thought we were stronger than we were. I, I did. I, I, I am, if you ask me, so what's your biggest surprise during this pandemic? It's the weakness of the church. It's, it's the indecisive leadership of pastors and leaders. It's the inability to change and adapt. And if it's safer for people to be home and not be in the building, and if they've got to wear a mask, it's amazing to me that these guys and gals struggle with that simple thing. It's amazing to me. I Listen, believe what you want, call it whatever you want. Bottom line is, it's amazing to me how one political party can pull us left or right without thought that we're not independent, be able to identify that's good, that's bad. We can't support a person and, and say that's not good. We, we somehow have this confusion and there is a lack of clarity. I like the fact that he gave Joshua clear instructions. I want you to be ambitious, but I want you to be clear. I want you to understand, forget your Moses. I don't want you to think about any politics. I want you to be really focused and clear. I think that our future's at risk. That's the truth. The respect we have in the world, the people that will listen to us, it was already declining, dropping off the cliff prior to COVID-19. Church attendance was down at the highest level. People were not attending church, not joining. Money was dropping. Things were going in a bad direction long before COVID. And now COVID is revealed. It's like God says, let me show you something. That's what I thought. You know, let me show you something. You want, and this is being, being honest about this year. I believe, he says, Temple, I want you to see the truth. I want you to see what this church is tempted with. 
I want you to see what, what, you're, what you're tempted to think and believe and how, how, if you're not careful, it all just collapses. And that's the truth. You know, when you read Jeremiah 29 11, I have a series I'm going to do in a couple of months on that. I want you to tune into it. It's going to be really cool. And one of the things, I think it's the second series in, in the coming year, and, and, and the series is entitled, How Do We Get Here? How Do We Get Here? And it's centered around Jeremiah 29 11. And when I'll just give a little, for, for a little, little down the road look. The bottom line message in Jeremiah 29 is, He's talking to the exiles, those who were exiled, about 20,000 who went, with, went to Babylon, and those who stayed in Jerusalem and he said, in, in Israel. He said, he said, the reason this is happening to you is because you have lost your way. It was a moment of revelation. He said, you're going to go to Babylon for 70 years, and he didn't rescind that. Uh, people talk about Daniel, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. They died as slaves. They, did not, they never were freed. They were, they were slaves with privileges, but they never were freed. There's something that happens when people are not strong and courageous. And he says to them in Jeremiah 29, this happened because of your rebellion. This happened because you were not mature. You were not willing to do what was right. And these were God's people. I don't, I don't foresee, and I hate to say this at the end of the year and it can sound doomy and gloomy, but I don't see better unless we do better. I don't see better unless we repent. If my people who are called by my name would humble them Selves. He didn't start with the world. He didn't start with anybody else. You want to preach about people got this problem and that sin and this bad thing and that. That's not what he said in 2 Chronicles 7, 14. He said, if my people who are called by my name, that's the preacher, that's me, that's you, that's the deacon, that's the elder. If my people who are called by my name would humble themselves and pray, then heaven's going to hear you. But you can't just go around saying, well, those bad people, they're tearing down the country and they're tearing down the world. God said, if my people, this whole season has been about, let me show you where they are. Let me show you how courageous they're not. You think they're strong, but they'll lie under pressure. You think they're strong, but they won't tell the truth. You think they're financially strong, but they're living from week to week, offering to offering. They're not as prosperous as they say. They preach prosperity, but they are poor financially. They don't have any cash. They talk a big talk, but they can't walk a big walk. That's the truth. Their marriages are not that strong. Husbands and wives don't get along. All this go to church every day, fall out, fall in the spirit. But in the real world, the truth is you a mess. We've been a mess. That's what Jeremiah 29, 29 is about. They like verse 11. Now, I know the plans I have for you, plans for a future and a hope. That's good stuff. But the bottom line is you said you messed up because you're not listening. That's the whole Jeremiah is about. You're not listening. And as long as we live like that, the truth is there's not much of a future. So we got to face our temptations. I'm going to close with those. Here we go. Number one. And I, I put five of my, four of my temptations, and maybe you can identify with them. Here's what I'm tempted to do. You ready? Four temptations I face in this season. Number one, I am tempted to run from new approaches because of the risk. Digital services, I don't want to do that. I mean, I've always liked it, always embraced it, but the temptation is to say, no, I just want to do it in person. And for, for many of you, you're going to throw out the digital completely. That is a mistake. We're tempted to not do both. We're tempted to not to give people options. 
We're tempted to control things. Come in here. I need you to come in here. Why y'all not going? You scared? Yeah, we scared. You not? God didn't give me the spirit of fear. Well, go kiss a snake. Go, 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 go hug an elephant. Go over there and dance with a, with a leopard since you're not scared of anything. That verse does not give you the right to ignore what's dangerous. That's, that's foolishness. That's not wisdom. I'm tempted to ignore new approaches, and that's dangerous. The, the, the times have changed, and you have to change. Number two, I'm tempted to be mentally insecure. I don't want to be different. I, I see why Israel wanted a king. You know, I want to be like everybody around me. I don't want people to say that's weird. I, don't want, I, want, I want to do, I want to be able to come in to the service. I want to come in and be in the building like everybody and don't act like nothing's wrong. I want to do that. I want to say, I don't need no mask. I want to say, forget the mask. I don't need no mask. Just forget it. Ain't no, ain't no cold, ain't no COVID. Ain't no COVID. Ain't nothing. Just, just take the mask off. Hallelujah. Just throw it away. There you go. Not me. You living in a season when it's challenging, but it's insecure. See, I'm tempted to be insecure because I want to be like everybody else. I'm not against you going back if you're going to do it safely. I'm not against you doing if you're going to, if you're going to go through the effort to be safe. If you're going to go be safe, but don't ignore the science. Don't ignore people around you talking to you. Don't do that. Don't cut me off. Track with me for a minute. Give me another minute. I'm, I'm tempted to be in mentally insecure. Thirdly, I'm tempted to be unclear intentionally. When you ask me a question, I, I tem I'm tempted to lie because I, I, don't, I, don't, I, don't, I don't want to scare people. So, you know, pastor, what do you think? No, I don't want to answer that. Should I get a vaccine or not get a vaccine? What do you think? Unless your doctor tell you not to, you should. Unless your doctor tell you not to. Okay, I've lost some of you, but hang with me for a second. How many more people have to die? This year has shown me how amazing. I have 13 vaccines prior to COVID, 13. I never allowed myself to even think about it. When I went to a country that said, you got to get this vaccine, I took it. I didn't, I didn't complain. I didn't ask them what was in it. I'm not saying you shouldn't ask what's in it. I'm not saying you shouldn't know. Some people can't. There are a few who medically can't. But here's what this has shown us. No matter how many people die, especially those who sit on a religious soapbox, we act like somehow this is, this is okay. No, this is not being strong. This is not being courageous. Do you think it's courageous to go to church and dance, but you won't take a vaccine that could kill people? That could, I mean, that could, that, could, that, could, that could cause people to be infected because of you? Which is, which, is, which is more courageous? To do nothing? You sound hard on people that don't get vaccinated, Pastor Rick. Here's what I told you from the beginning of this whole thing. I said, you got to fight the fight you're in, not the fight you want to be. going into a new year. Going into this new year, 
and fight the fight we're in. Not the fight you want to be. Be courageous. Be strong. Take a hard stand. I'm taking one today. Tired of death. Tired of loss. And I'm not going to lie about our future. If we don't do right, the future is not bright for some of us. Churches are not going to do well. Pastors are not going to do well. People are not going to come back. The average number of people coming back to a church is 40%. Some of you guys, 60% if you're real powerful. But that has changed. The world has changed. And if we don't admit it, the future is not bright. It's not. Last thing I'm tempted to do, to hide any ambition. Somehow I just need to act like I just want to just be average. I don't want to be average. I don't want to average money. I don't want to average life. I don't want to average marriage. I don't want to average church. I don't want to average anything. I want to be above average. When I, in my academic years, latter years, I have been 4.0. I fought hard to make all A's. I, I fight for every point. I am, I am, I am vicious. I want a clean house. I want to cut grass. I want, I want, I want a haircut. I want my car clean. I'm not perfect, but I'm sure knocking on the door as hard as I can to be strong and to be courageous. And I see where I need to improve. I've said it today. So what's the truth about you? What's the truth about your future? I'm going to talk about that next week. My time is up. I talked a little bit longer than I wanted to. But let me say this to you. I care about us. And I want to say this to, to overcome by faith. There will never be a time that I put anything above your safety. There'll never be a time that I will value gathering more than I value you. Um, there are a lot of us, thousands of us. That's why we're not gathering. We will have more gathering. We're going to do this at the right pace. I promise you. I promise you there's eight things on the board right now we're working on. In-person gathering. We're going to have more digital opportunities. We're going to fight the fight we're in, not the fight we want to be. You want to be strong? You want to be courageous? Join me in the fight. Now, it's for those of you really bothered by some things I said today. Be strong and love me. Be courageous and forgive me. But I hope you heard me. I want you to think about what I said. You know, leadership is not about always saying what people like. Sometimes it's saying what people don't like you to say. And I've learned. In some cases, you only get one opportunity to lead. You only get one season to raise your children. You only have one season sometimes to save lives. And today is that season. Let's pray. Father, I thank you for the opportunity. I pray for those who've heard me. And some heard me left, some heard me right. But whatever way they heard me, I pray that you would know that I love them and that they are loved by you. And that, Lord God, it takes courage to be honest. And at least I was honest today. I told them the truth. I laid out for them, Lord, the best I could, the truth about where we are and what you told Joshua and what you're telling us. We leave today with faith praying for our hearts to be changed. We pray for those who've heard this message and have not been walking with you. The truth is they haven't been walking with you this year, but this is the year they can start walking with God and may their lives change and may they never be the same. And we give you all the glory and all the honor in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, I hope you looked at today's sermon and thought about your future. What is the truth about your future? Well, if you don't admit the things that hinder you, the temptations you face, like I admitted mine, 
If you can't look at your life and say, I'm not being very courageous, I have not been strong. Strong is a decision you make. Being strong is something that happens when you decide to be strong. Joshua was told, be strong and be courageous, but he had to decide. There are a lot of decisions I've asked you to make in this sermon, and I hope you take them to heart, and let me pray for you. Father, let them hear the word today, and may they say, these are my temptations. These are the things that I'm tempted to do. I pray they would apply this message to their hearts and find peace as they walk with you courageously and strongly, making that bold decision to be different and not to allow themselves to live a weak life. We give you praise and glory for it in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you, thank you for being with me on demand. I appreciate the opportunity to share the word with you. It's been a great year. We've got a great, brand new series coming up next year about the truth. What is the truth about you? That's what we're going to start with next year. It's important for you to know the truth about you. Not your neighbor, not your friend, just you. Today, we talked about the truth about your future. Now we need to narrow that down and talk about the truth about you. So tune in next time, a lot more to talk about. I'll see you then. Have a great day. Happy New Year. Be blessed.